Yanamitas. Um, and some of them are leaderless. Some of them have leaders. Um, some have co-leaders. Um, however it is that they're organized, the important thing is that it's not a therapy group, it's a Dharma group. It's a, a group for uh, exploring your relationship to your practice. And uh, when we break, when, one of the breaks that we'll have today, uh, Mariah, um, how, everybody know Mariah? Mariah, raise your hand. <clears throat> Mariah is the volunteer coordinator, and uh, without her, um, we would not have a functioning Kalyanamita program inside Spirit Rock. We have a couple of people who um, are fabulous, um, dedicated volunteers who keep it all going from the outside, um, but um, really it's been Mariah's uh, um, passion to make this thing really part of Spirit Rock. So when we break, we're going to um, ask people to go to the area that they live in if they're interested and learn a little bit more about Kalyanamitas and maybe groups that are open. So to set the stage um, with regard to listening, I thought it would be good if we did. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to do a sound meditation. And um, the way the meditation will go is that I'm going to strike uh, each of these bowls and with your eyes closed, what I'd like you to do is to pay attention to the moment that contact arises between your ear or your sound, the, the hearing, and the sound. And then I'd like you to listen and, and observe until it passes away. Now, what will happen because this is also an analog for what happens when you listen, your mind will go elsewhere. You'll notice that in the middle of your listening that you'll be thinking about what you're gonna have for lunch or what you should have done before you left or whatever, right? So when things arise, what I'd like you to do is to be mindful that you're no longer tracking the sound and bring your mind right back to the sound. This is called the short leash approach, right? Any of you have had a dog and you've been training him and you keep him very, very, very close to your side and whenever he or she moves away, you pull on it a little bit so they get trained to kind of stay with you. So what you're doing is you're using the concentration skill to bring yourself back immediately rather than drifting off and then occasionally coming back and maybe noticing that there was a bell. Instead, what you're doing is you're tracking as much as you can the sound of the bell. Okay, so if you have anything on your lap, if you just take it off so that you're not worried about it falling off. At the very least, I hope that you'll enjoy the sound um, the way that you'll know that the meditation is over is that I'll strike the big gong once, and that'll signal that we're ending the meditation. So if you close your eyes, bring your awareness to your breathing. Just pick a point of attention for your breathing 
whether it's the abdomen or the nostrils. And just for right now, be aware of the breath.
your attention back to your breath. Whenever you're ready to, you can open your eyes. you would say that listening is something that you really pay attention to? And why? What's, what's important to you about listening that makes it something that you really pay attention to? Anybody would like to just, you know, if you'd raise your hand and speak up. Please. To pay attention to the light and wisdom in the others. Hmm to pay attention to the light and wisdom in others. Thank you. What else? Source, <coughs> source of compassion. Mm, source of compassion. Great place to practice. Mm, please. Uh, connection with others. <coughs> Thank you. Connection with your world. Uh, yeah. um, give the other person respect and dignity or pay attention to them. Mm. Yeah. Yes, please. Um, help me Hmm. Can I say a little bit more about that? Just Yeah, I, I'm not always sure that what is out there is safe for me to be part of or relate to. Listening helps me try to sense whether that is safe or Mm-hmm. Great, thank you. I've never thought of that before. Yes. <coughs> when people are speaking, uh, what what they offer to people some, some of them are hard to hear. Okay, thank you. We we have a mic but it's not um doesn't seem to be functioning well, so I'll, I'll, I'll repeat it, yeah. What else? Yes? To learn. To learn. <laughs> Good. Did you want to say something? Yes, back there. To say it again. To delight. To delight. To delight. Mm. Good. Good. They're all very good reasons to listen. Um, so what did the Buddha say about listening? The, um, <clears throat> if you... Uh, put a qu- search query in on listening and the suttas, what comes back is samavaka, which is right speech. And um, there's a, a talk by Joseph Goldstein on Dharma Seed um, that's from July like 22nd, 23rd, something like that, on right speech that I would like to recommend to all of you. It is absolutely spectacularly insightful about right speech in general, but I had never heard anybody yet um, articulate why listening is so critical to the path. So what Joseph said was that the Buddha was quite explicit about listening and that um, the state of mind that we want to bring to listening is... um, not only mindfulness, but warmth, metta, um, and compassion, karuna. And so if you are listening from the perspective of right speech, then 
it's very clear what the guideline is. The guideline is to bring warmth, compassion, and mindfulness to your listening. And that's very difficult. Very, very difficult to do because we have a mind and it reacts. You know, we're in this, we're in this interesting position where <clears throat> if you were to shine a light on listening as a holograph to understanding who we are and how we function, you would learn more about yourself than in any other way. Because much of what we are thinking and feeling and sensing, we don't tell people. You know, unless you happen to be a reality TV show fan and you walk around the world constantly letting people know what your internal state is, most of us keep a lot to ourselves. How many of you would say that you keep at least 50% to yourselves? How many would say the percentage may be a little higher than that? Yeah. So we don't do that for a lot of good reasons. And by not externalizing what's going on inside of us, often it's invisible to ourselves. We don't hear it. We don't, we don't recognize that we're constantly making up a response to situations, to what people say, and that listening, if you listen to your listening, if you listen to the way in which you're listening, if you listen to the position from which you're listening, you're going to learn so much about your internal life. I mean, some of it is not going to be pretty, right? Because then what's going to happen is that you're going to be listening to your judge judgmental mind. But that's just the way that we are. I mean, we're constructed in such a way that we tend to judge. And so it's not so much that there's a reason for doing that of like judging the judging, but rather recognizing what we're bringing to the interaction that we're having with another person. How many of you know when somebody is judging you? Or at least have a suspicion? I mean, they could come right out and say, you know, you're an idiot, in which case, you know, it's pretty easy, but often, you know, you can see eyes roll, person, you know, looks at you askance, <laughs> you know. <clears throat> so we know what it feels like when we're on this side of judgment. And it's good to remember that because that's part of the way that compassion and metta are generated is that we are aware of what it feels like here to be judged by another and that maybe we can kind of keep that in mind as we listen that at least what we can do is be aware of our judgment at the very least. So. Let me just talk a little bit about the time that we're going to spend together. Um, first of all, it's not a Dharma talk. Um, so this is going to be a highly interactive morning. Um, and how many of you hate dyads? Okay. So we're going to be doing a lot of dyads today. <laughs> yeah. Whoa! Um, now, if I could find another way to bring about the same result, I would spare you because I'm a <laughs> compassionate person. 
I'm not doing this out of some sort of, you know, misery loves company. It's more that dyads are the best way to learn these tools. But you can do a dyad or you can approach a dyad. You all know what a dyad is, like one-on-ones, right? So you can approach a dyad from a lot of different perspectives. You know, you can approach it from, these are so much fun, I just love doing them. Or you can approach them from, what a drag, I dread every time that we do it. I'd like to offer a different way. So the basic premise of this workshop is that every second that we're together, we are engaged in listening. Whether, whether or not you're conscious that you're listening, it doesn't matter, you're listening. You're listening from the heart, you're listening from, as you pointed out, you're listening from that reptilian part of the brain that goes, is this safe? Right? You're listening from the mammalian part of the brain that says, I'd like to bond with them. I like them, they're part of my tribe. That's the mammalian brain. So what we want to do is we want to use this wonderful part of our brain called the neocortex that allows us to be aware of awareness. And that in listening, that what we have is the opportunity to really use ourself as a laboratory. Like we're, here we are, we're this amazing experiment you know, we're that, that close from being single-celled animals. And now we're sitting in chairs and we're, we're in the middle of a Dharma session. And wow, is that not amazing? And so let's use as much of our capacity as possible. And that one part of our capacity is to be able to be aware of ourselves in motion or in stillness. And how you approach the dyad is I'm asking you to let it be part of the experiment. Let it be part of the laboratory. Like if you are aware that you're feeling aversion, then name it. Just say it to yourself. Ah, there it is, feeling aversion. Or if you're feeling desire and um, some kind of sense of like attraction to it, notice that. God, I'm really, I'm excited about this. Or if you're neutral, you know, it's neither this nor that. And then that's what it is. And that's, that's what I want to do all during the course of the morning. So I put together a couple of agreements that I would like us to make. Um, and uh, if you have a problem with the agreement, just say what it is, and we can just take a moment and have a dialogue about it. So the first one is have fun. I mean, it's important to me. I'm spending three hours with you. I intend to have fun. Um, the second is participate fully. And this has to do with them do all of the exercises. Even if you feel aversion, do it anyway. I promise I, it will not kill you. I, I know that for sure. Um, third is that this is a dialogue. It's not one way. Um, I'm really interested in what you have to say. Um, and that I expect that all of us are going to learn from each other. So there's a, a sense that we're community and that we're using community as a way of uh, learning together. Uh, the fourth one is confidentiality of sharing. And what I mean by that is that if you know somebody here, let's say that you're in a, uh, a, a small group with somebody who's here, or you know somebody, and they say something, 
that's particularly juicy, you don't get to bring it outside the room. Not even if it's boring, you don't get to bring it outside the room. You don't get to bring anything outside the room except your direct experience of what happened for you during the course of these three hours. Like you, you have every right to say anything at all about your own experience, but you don't have any right to talk about other people's experience. And that's really important to all of us. And then the last one I've been talking a little bit about, be mindful. Be mindful. So, with that in mind, we're going to break out into a dyad. And so, just to make the process, since we have about 40 people here, just to make the process easier, the first time around, what I'd like you to do is to pick somebody close to you, so you don't have to move around a lot, and sit across from each other so that you actually have eyeball-to-eyeball -eyeball contact. Okay? All right, so do that. Um, it'd be better if you didn't uh, work with somebody you knew really well. 